Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Our last outdoor service for a while. For some, this day could not have come any sooner. No more lawn chairs, no more guesswork on what the temperature is going to be, no more showing up early to find a spot in the shade just for the shade to shift halfway through the service. You've hung in there, you've showed up, but truth be told, outdoor services didn't feel like church, and you're ready to get back to church church. Others of you don't quite know how to feel because you loved having the playground so close by and being able to hear the, the kids and my son cry. <laughs> you love listening to the birds sing, the bees buzz, watching the flowers each take their own turn in the spotlight. The truth is, some of you might have really found something in the garden. You're a little worried that inside church might feel a little too manufactured, too safe. It's okay. It's okay not to know how to feel amidst transition. Truth is, I don't always know how to feel about this whole thing and this past year, but here we are, a community of worship, of welcome and justice, and we're here, ready to step into this next season together. And you know, it's, it's always a good idea to, to mark the changing of seasons. To, to talk about them, to give thanks for them. So that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna talk about our, our season outside. We're gonna talk about God and experiencing God and nature. And we're gonna give thanks for all that this past season has given us. For much of this past year, we have bounced back and forth from pre-recorded services to Zoom, to stages in our field, to the memorial garden, and then finally back into the sanctuary, and then back into the memorial garden. Except for Sundays that are rainy, then back into the sanctuary. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind. But the truth is, some of our times worshiping outside together will remain some of my fondest memories of this past year. Sure, at first we may have felt like exiles, right? kicked out of our sanctuary, unable to worship in the house of God, but it didn't take long for us to realize that we actually had a, a beautiful sanctuary outside, right? One that, that we could take refuge in, that we could sing and gather together in. Starting with Christmas Eve, we tapped into our bell tower and played carols that could be heard for miles away, all the while letting each of our individual lights shine. Then on Easter, we experienced one of the most beautiful sunrises of the year. Right? The weather was perfect, the field was packed, and for me, we were reminded that the church was still alive and well. Next, we we had an outdoor confirmation service. We gathered around our eighth graders as they took a big step forward in their faith journey. We had a bonfire and s'mores on Pentecost. 
We hung a rainbow in our garden on our first ever Pride Sunday. We enjoyed an ice cream truck, outdoor communion, and even some big old grapes. We gathered Sunday morning, some of us gathered Saturday nights, sometimes there were just a few of us, other times you had a hard time finding a seat in the garden. We found as many safe and fun ways to, to explore our church, and to explore our faith, and to remain the church. And, and we experienced God. We really did, didn't we? In church world, we refer to that as, as divine revelation. Moments, places, encounters with the divine, with God. Right? It's, God is experienced, felt, heard, made known. Divine encounters, divine revelations. And within these revelations, scholars, church folk, people like me, often break them down into two types. Special revelation and general revelation. Has anyone heard of that breakdown before? So these terms are kind of loaded, right? And there's an apparent judgment value. If we're talking about children, you'd much rather be your parents' special child, right, than their general child. But theologically, the words are used different. Special revelation refers to the belief that knowledge of God and the spiritual life can be disclosed through supernatural means. Right? Miracles, signs, wonders, and through an inspired text, through scripture. The church has always emphasized special revelation because it's special. And I think because it's something the church can, can kind of control, right? It's, it's their part. General revelation, on the other hand, is the belief that knowledge of God and the spiritual life can be disclosed through natural means, through observing the natural world around you. And while it might not have always been the focus of the institutional church, Ironically, when you ask a person how they've experienced God throughout their life, they almost always cite general means of revelation. Right? I know it feels like a decade ago, but last year about this time we started a podcast at the church, right? Who's in the pews? And one of the questions that we asked everyone was, can you recall a moment in your life where you felt close to God, where you experienced God? The responses were, were babies being born, mountain peaks with breathtaking views, quiet walks in the forest, music, art, community. And I wonder if this would be true for you. I wonder if that's how you have felt connected to something larger than yourself throughout your life, right? Felt inspired by a, a greater source in the world. And maybe you've always felt like those are watered-down answers or experiences, right? Your kid asks you if you've ever met God, and you don't know what to say, so you're like, the rainbow, the Grand Canyon. Or maybe other faith leaders or churches have inferred that the general revelation, these experiences in the, the natural world, they're cute, they're nice, they're good for you. But unless they're rooted in the Word of God, 
right? They're, they're just a house built on a sand, a figment of your less than faithful imagination. Not so, friends, not so. Now, get me wrong, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed Bible nerd and have experienced God through these stories, images, and words so much so that I know the Bible uplifts and celebrates the many ways in which God is made known in nature. And it's not just me, here's some other voices. Anne Frank, right, the young Jewish girl whose diary invited us into the experience of hiding from Nazis, she once wrote, the best memory for those who are afraid, lonely, or unhappy, that's to go outside somewhere where they can be quiet, alone with the heavens, nature, and God. Because only then does one feel that, that all is as it should be, that God wishes to see people happy amidst the beauty of nature. George Washington Carver, an African-American agricultural scientist who was born a slave and became a renowned inventor, he once wrote, Reading about nature is fine, but if a person walks in the woods and listens carefully, he or she can learn more than what's in books, for they speak with the voice of God. Or as the psalmist, right, the author of sacred poems and prayers found in our Bible, once wrote, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. Or finally, as God like the I am who I am, the beginning and the end, the one who is and was and will be to come. That God once said through the prophet Isaiah to a people, that was a run-on sentence, to a people who were exiled from their beautiful sanctuary. As the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and the trees of the fields, they will clap their hands. Instead of a thorn bush will grow a juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be the Lord's renown, an everlasting sign that will endure forever. And so friends, we do not downplay this general revelation that we've experienced outside, this God that the natural world is always speaking of, not at all. We give thanks for it. 
We think about the moments that we've had out in nature, the moments that we've gathered in our garden, and we give thanks for them. We give thanks for all that God has given us. We give thanks for all our garden has given us. We give thanks, and we give back. And so we'll see how this goes, but I wanted to create an opportunity for you all to share a memory, share an experience that you had in one of our many outdoor services. I think it will feel good. It might be a moment where you felt like you experienced God. It might be a moment you felt at peace. It might simply be a moment that was fun, funny, inspiring, full of noise or enjoyment. So I want to give you an opportunity to give thanks for our outdoor sanctuary. So come on up to the mic. I'm going to make sure it's turned on. If it's only one of you, it's okay. And if it's everybody, that's okay too. So come on up. Join us in giving thanks. I wanted to say this before someone else had a chance because I think many people in our outdoor service one morning were, we were of course concentrating on the sermon, but there was a little hummingbird that was flying around. Oh, look at all the nods. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, it's just beautiful out here. It's nature. It's just wonderful. That's all. The thing that I wanted to share is that it occurred to me when we were worshiping in the memorial garden that those who are interred in the memorial garden got to worship along with us. And I was very grateful for that. My main takeaway was um, what I loved the most out in the garden is the people, and what I love the most inside is the people. So I don't care if we're inside or outside. I have a memory of the Christmas Eve service, standing in the back of the church, looking at the spotlighted white pack and the organ starting with Oh Holy Night and then the snow starting to come down. That left an impression and memory on me that I'll never forget. As I thought about that, I was thinking uh, several Sundays ago when we were in the Memorial Garden and there was this beautiful silhouette on the building uh, of the trees and the branches. It, it looked like a painting of Picasso, and it was just absolutely beautiful and made me think about uh, what Josh is talking about today and nature speaking to you. I have no idea what he said that day because I was just enjoying that. <laughs> mentioned the Christmas Eve service, but I remember standing there in the dark. We couldn't see who anybody was because we had our masks on. Uh, it was dark, 
and I don't even know who I was standing next to. I was ready to say hello to anybody that I, that I wanted to from our church family because we hadn't seen each other. But just that we were standing there as a church family with people that we knew or didn't know or couldn't tell who they were was just such a comforting feeling for me. I was thinking about the uh, service after Fall Fest. And we were like the coolest church ever because how many churches serve beer on tap after a service? Memorial Garden has always been a special place for me. And I think that's why during the summer I kind of take on, I don't know, the, the responsibility, the duty for organizing our outside gardeners and we have a lot of them and a lot of them worked this last summer and this summer to really make it uh, a beautiful place to be so I was really happy that we were having services outside because there were people in our church that really didn't even know we had a memorial garden so um, it was a wonderful thing and yes I agree the hummingbird flying around as Josh is uh, giving his sermon and that's why we plant salvia every year. <laughs> um, was <you laughs> Sorry, um, I was really thankful for Confirmation Sunday um, after the kids did Zoom um, com by a com confirmation was can you hear me? Take my mask off, okay. I was very thankful for Confirmation Sunday. Um, Juliana's probably rolling her eyes at me, but the kids did Zoom um, confirmation for you know months, and then it was just really cool when they were able to come together and be confirmed outside. It was a super windy day, but I was thankful. Family was able to come, and it was very special. Thank you for sharing. Uh, we could keep going, I'm sure, but there are special moments. And it's not always the moments that you, uh, that you see coming. Are you grabbing the mic or do you have a moment? I'm just, just grabbing the mic, okay, cool. Just making sure I didn't want to cut anyone off. So this Sunday is a way of giving thanks and commemorating the many, many times, moments, um, ways that we experience God in nature over the past year, we're planting a tree in Memorial Garden. And so you were gonna be able to see it um, if you drive around back after the service or the next time you're in there, uh, right at the entrance into the garden, um, there's, there's gonna be a new tree planted. Um, we're gonna have a shovel and let people add a little bit of dirt onto it as they left the service. You're still welcome to do that, it might be 70 degrees and sunny by the time the service is over. Who knows? Um, but we worked with Charlie Peterson to select 
a Tina crabapple tree. You picked a crabapple tree to remember how crabby people were this year. <laughs> Just kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> we picked it because it's both beautiful. It's going to bloom pink first and then white every spring, which will be fun to watch. And it's also a, it's a, it's a scrappy, resilient, strong tree that it seemed fitting for the kind of year we had. We're planting a tree so that we can watch it grow, so that we can be reminded of this year and all the, the little miracles, the hummingbirds, the, the moments we didn't expect. Well, our season of outdoor services may be over for now, like this newly planted tree. Uh, the season's not ending. It's just, it's just something new getting started that we get to watch grow. The same God who met us out there is going to continue to meet with us in here, whatever the future may hold. And so I encourage you to still get outside as often as you can. As we heard read today, go outside, somewhere where you can be quiet, alone with the heavens, nature, and God. Walk in the woods and listen carefully as nature speaks with the voice of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of God's hands. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. So friends, go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Watch as the mountains and the hills burst into song before you and the trees of the field clap their hands. Soak up the presence of God that isn't owned or contained within any church, but is wildly available to everyone. Everyone, everyone. Amen. <laughs>